Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the wrap-up live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap and we talk about the latest Raptors game that just happened. Tonight was the game versus the Charlotte Hornets at home, Scotiabank Arena. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here with Aiden Moss, co-host, and Kian Haddad, who might might just hop in um, to scorn me because his Miami Dolphins didn't make the playoffs this week, and my New York Jets uh, did not. So uh, let's move on. Uh, tonight, your Toronto Raptors were defeated by the uh, sorry, defeated the Charlotte Hornets, one thirty-two to one twenty, bringing the Raptors' record just five games below five hundred to eighteen and twenty-three on the NBA season. I was a little curious, uh, Aiden, um, as soon as I saw their record, how many games they're out of the eighth seed. I think it's two and a half now, um, and I know a lot of fans have kind of went back and forth, and they haven't really decided on whether the Raptors should go. All the way with the team they have. I mean, everyone, I'm pretty sure, agrees that changes need to happen somewhere with this team. But um, we're coming off a good win. This is a very good win on a Tuesday night. And I ask all of our viewers and listeners this every show. Um, if you are watching us or if you've ever watched us, please do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You could search Raptors Republic on YouTube or our podcast channel, um, The Rapcast, wherever you're watching or listening. All right. Aiden. Charlotte Hornets, um, pretty convincing win. Um, some players played fantastic. Some guys got out of slumps. It looked really good. Um, some guys kind of stayed in their slumps. We won't talk about that too much because we like to keep it positive, Aiden. But um, what are your thoughts uh, on this game? It just ended that just ended a few minutes ago. What are your thoughts? A lot of positive notes. A lot of things to build off. Some consistency was kind of nice to see. Um We, Orin and I last game talked about the bench rotations and how Nurse needed to decide on on dudes, on timing of dudes entering the game, et cetera, et cetera. And we saw basically the same thing tonight as we saw against Portland. And it worked. And we saw a commitment to it. So the Gary plus uh, Precious, Boucher, Coloco, and Flynn – Really struggled out of the gates. Compliments of Precious shooting possibly the worst field goal attempt in the NBA season (laughs) thus far. And uh, a a quick Boucher corner three that was hideous. But he stuck with it. He called a timeout. They came back. And then things kind of settled. Precious hit a couple of threes. That was by far the best the bench has performed all year. It must have been one of the first times they mentioned it on the the broadcast that the bench were – the were plus and the starters were minus and must've been one of the only times this year. So that was really encouraging to see Um, obviously the shooting and you see how deadly this team is when they do hit their open shots. The question is, is how consistent will they be ultimately, but it's nice to see it in reality, right? We talk about it in, in theory all the time and it's really beautiful to watch when it actually happens. 
Now, uh, and, and I'll stop there, but I, all that to say that this is the Charlotte Hornets. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Our defense was pretty horrendous up until the end of this game. So I'm it's reserved optimism, but it's just kind of really cathartic to see uh, an easier, quote-unquote, win. I think that's the perfect way to put it, reserved optimism, just because you know the Raptors are going up against the Charlotte Hornets in just two days' time on Thursday night as well. Um, we've seen it a lot this NBA season where the Raptors have faced uh, two teams um, back-to-back, not necessarily in days, but in terms of opponent. So they do have Charlotte on Thursday. This was a good win. And again, it does come against uh, a struggling Charlotte Hornets team that's missed LaMelo Ball the majority of this season. He is back, and he looks like LaMelo Ball. He looked really, really good in this game. Um, You know, watching him, I know he was, when you look at the plus-minus on the box score, he's a minus 16. A lot of that, I think, just had to do with him being on the court the majority of the game. He was at 38 minutes. It was by far the highest on the Hornets. Um, He looked good. And then on the Raptors side, um, you know, you had Fred VanVleet struggled a little bit, but two guys I think played fantastic in this game: Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. Um, OG also had quite a quite an efficient night, eight for twelve in this game. Gary Trent Jr. I was watching him all game long, and and now that I'm looking at the box score, Aiden, I can't really believe that he was six for fourteen. Um, I didn't didn't feel like he missed that many no, shots. Yeah. It felt like he hit a lot of timely shots in this game. Um, that's a little odd to me, no? He felt, yeah, he, but I mean, part of that is the fact that a lot of the, his scores and his shots were in the flow of the game, right? Like earlier, earlier Gary, when he struggles, it's these forced, uh, kind of one and done shots in, against contested, in contested situations early in the shot clock, whatever. And that's that speaks to this team generally tonight. Also, was the was the way they were passing the ball. Scotty clearly went out there with a concerted effort to move the ball all the time in high degree of difficulties, and that that had a like a everybody was kind of bought in on the passing. And so I think yeah, Gary missed these shots. He also had eight free throws, which you know mm-hmm. is pretty rare for Gary. Um, and so you're right. I am kind of surprised, although four for 10 from three is solid. But I think ultimately why we're not so shocked is because it looked more natural, those shots, you know? Yeah, it just came into the it came with the flow of the game. Gary Trent Jr. has been playing awesome lately uh, for the Raptors, and it really does help that he's doing this while some Raptors are starting to struggle a bit. I mean, Fred Van Vliet still feels like I mean, it still feels like he still hasn't gotten out of his slump yet. Pascal Siakam, I mean, it was it was it's almost inevitable that he was going to come down to earth and have one stinker um, this season. Um, and he did that a couple games ago, which is why I didn't really give him too much, um, you know, flack for that. But Gary Trent Jr. has been playing fantastic the last two weeks. I know a lot of times um, I, I've seen it at least, I don't know if you've seen it, Aiden, but um, people have been mentioning him in trades all over the place. And, you know, Gary needs to be the guy who goes, and this might be the perfect time to trade him because his trade value is at the highest. And, you know, I might, Agree with that. But another part of me says, you know what? Uh, if you trade Gary and he's one of the only guys that's playing at a high level, I mean, what do you have that's left? Because we're at the point now, Aiden, that even even when you're coming off a win, right? And I'm really not trying to bring the optimism down because this, you know, the Raptors need to beat um, bad basketball teams like the Charlotte Hornets. This, this team has 11 wins on the season and 30 losses. Like, this is a, a horrible, horrible team. Um, I mean, even with LaMelo, I'm pretty sure they're under 500. So, this is a team that's struggling and you need to beat them. And I think that's why you mentioned reserved optimism. 
You have them on Thursday night. If the Raptors lose that game, you know, was this was this win really worth it? And the Raptors have struggled this this season, Aiden, against teams that aren't good at basketball, right? It's not like the Raptors have only lost to great basketball teams. They've lost against the Orlando Magic twice, right? So um, this is reserved for me, but, you know, going player for player, I am probably um, most impressed with uh, Pascal Siakam in a game like this. And I know the expectation for him is high, but like I said, he was struggling a little bit earlier in the week or last week, I should say. Um, but it is positive that, you know, you know, you get a good game from Pascal, OG, and Gary. And then you look at the rest of the team, and you mentioned the bench earlier. Um, Chris Boucher, I think, is, is finally back. Like, they, uh, I think he played 15 minutes, and he deserved maybe 25 in a game like this. Like, he played really well off the bench. Precious Achua, I tweeted it out, Aiden. <laughs> it was like a roller coaster. And I think you liked the tweet as well. Like it, it's, it's a legitimate roller coaster watching Precious Achua two possessions in a row. You're like, what on earth is Precious Achua doing? Um, and it's hilarious to see the contrast in, in the timeline on Twitter where everyone's like, Precious, what is going on? And then two minutes later, it's like on back-to-back bang, bang. possessions hits two threes. Right. And now the Raptors have a sizable lead in the game, and it's 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 important because I think now we're starting to realize that the pressure to true roller coaster is something we're going to have to get used to until he can build that consistency like he did last season. If you remember when he went on that hot streak last season where he was shooting 48, 50% from three for like a month or two, um, which is impressive. And then um, some other guys, obviously, Christian Coloco, not many people talked about him in 21 minutes. He had six points and six rebounds, but he was a plus 11. That's the best mark off the bench as well. He had six, six um, offensive rebounds. He had eight total. Sorry, eight. Exactly. Six points, eight rebounds, six offensive rebounds. So he yeah. was mainly responsible for getting uh, gathering second chances for the Raptors. Um, a very important player, I think, now for Toronto, especially because when you're sitting five games back behind 500, at this point um, – you almost have to play Christian Coloco and let him suffer through his lumps. If it was the other way around, the Raptors are five games above 500. Uh, maybe you you kind of rely on those rookies a little less and those second year players a little less. Um, but I don't think Nick Nurse really has a has a choice in this one. Um, what did you want to highlight off the bench? Because I know you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned Preston Chua a little bit. But what else did you want to highlight off the bench? Particularly? Yeah, well, just more on on Achua and like all of what we're talking about I mean, in the chat. They're talking about we're cl- we're five and a half games out of sixth, but we're two and a half games back of thirteenth. Like the you know the ongoing discussion here amongst fans is whether to blow it up or not. But the thing is, is that we didn't have pressure Achua, and you saw it during this slump, and you saw immediately what kind of effect he has uh, on both ends of the floor. And if he's hitting, if he's hitting his threes, which it's not something I expect him to do often, like look, truly look out. But I think the fact that he basically has a mismatch with whoever is guarding him, um, and and the fact that he just gives the uh, the bench just like uh, a unique punch that nobody else yeah. really does right like everybody else is kind of a like traditional role player and positional player um and precious gives you that 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 nobody else offers so i think like having him back and having him healthy and and in game shape is going to is going to have a world of difference for this team and i really like when coloco and hernan gomez come in early i like that nurse has gone away from 
um, just one single shift kind of in the quarter, whereas he has like these micro shifts. He brings Cloco and Hernan Gomez on, takes Gary and Scotty off, and it allows the core to still kind of carry the team. But then you're you're resting guys in a in a uh, more calculated way. So I really like that, and I I do think Flynn played pretty well. Like I he played the worst of the bench. He was one for seven. He had a couple of misses, whatever. But I do like what he didn't Flynn's, look out of place, right? He didn't, and and yeah. his, his passing is so much better. Um, mm. He's he's get the thing about Flynn is he gets basically to where he wants to go, and then things kind of go awry from there. But because he's now finding the open guy in those spaces, he's a lot more threatening, and I think his shot will go um, as his confidence comes back. So I. Um, I think just like those two guys kind of stood out to me. Obviously, Boucher played a lot better. Um, I have been arguing for Ken Birch over Coloco, so I kind of have to, to eat my words there. But uh, I'm glad to see that he's kind of come back a bit too. Yeah, for sure. This was, I think, the the tweet that describes maybe the the bench the best in this game because I feel like Aiden this this season it's either been all bad or all good with the bench. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they lift each other up. Um, for our listeners, I tweeted, Raptors either got the entire bench looking like functional NBA players at the same time, or everyone is third team all LA fitness. And if you're an LA fitness, uh, you know, person, I guess you could say, or you um, frequent LA fitness, this isn't a shot at you. You know, I'm sure we've all seen LA fitness people play basketball before. It's a little aggressive, right? Um, but this was just honestly a tweet I made out of just, for the Raptors this season. I just feel like when you watched Precious Achua, you know, this wasn't a game where it was just Precious Achua, you know, uplifting um, the five other starters or the four other starters that were in the game with him. Nick Nurse had enough faith in the bench to kind of throw other guys with him. And I think this was one of the games aided funny enough at the end of it. I was thinking, is Nick Nurse finally going to, you know, rest the starters at the end of the game? And he kept them in all the way until the end. Uh, Pascal Siakam, OG, they were probably wondering, uh, okay, uh, Nick, when are you going to give us that roll call? When is that, you know, white flag coming out where the bench, you know, unit walks, walks in, but you can't be angry with Nick Nurse on a, on a game like this. I feel like the team looked prepared. The team looked confident. Um, there's ben, not much, I think more you could say, especially about the bench unit in this one. Yeah. And I, I think also with the starters, even though they closed it out, the Siakam played the most at 36 minutes everybody else was in the low thirties. And I think that that's probably the most encouraging part of Beautiful. all of this is that, yeah, that the bench played, they played a lot of minutes, they played good minutes and the starters didn't have to bleed out of their eyes to win this game. Um, so yeah, really, really encouraging. Um, who stood out to you with the starters other than Pascal, obviously. Um, again, like I said, I didn't have a good shooting game. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I mentioned how Gary Trent Jr. I wasn't really, uh, I was a little bit shocked that he was six for 14. But on the other side, I think the other side of the spectrum, I was a little shocked that OG, you know, had that, first of all, had that many points. It didn't feel like a 22 point game from OG. I don't know, but that's not a crazy amount for him. But I mean, before I looked at the box score, I was thinking maybe 14, 16, uh, 18 at most, but he was at 22, which is impressive. And, and this is what you need from OG clean looks that are executed. And I think one of the uh, statistics I saw, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, um, that I saw this uh, this season, I think it was a few days ago, if I'm not mistaken, 
you know, the Raptors are this season have actually been, you know, generating very clean looks. This isn't a team that's shooting bad, you know, shot attempts all over the floor, which is resulting in a in a dysfunctional offense and a dis- especially a half court offense, right? Particularly, their half courts looked horrible uh, all season long. Um, I saw the stat that said they they generate the eleventh best look in the NBA. I'm not surprised. Um, from really. yes, but from from yeah. beyond the arc, I believe it was. Um, someone may have to correct me, but I believe that was the stat. I know it was eleventh for sure, but um, in terms of you know executing that and actually you know creating points from that, I believe they were thirtieth or 29th from the NBA. So. I mean, it's not great. The, the looks are being generated. I don't know if people can complain that there's no system in place or that, you know, guys aren't, you know, hitting shots because they're bad or what are you doing, Gary Trangino? That's not the shot to take. Like, these guys are, are finding each other for open looks, um, and they're in the top half of the NBA in, in that, you know, in that fold. So um, in a game like this, you're, you're, I'm excited with a guy like OG. Eight for 12, only missed one three, and he shot seven of them, Aiden. Six for seven from three. He had 22 points. Um, did feel like the whistle was a little weird at times on him in this game. They were like, when do you see OG really finishing with five fouls? It's just very strange to me. Um, he almost reminds me of Kawhi when he's locked in defensively, where OG doesn't really need to foul you, right? To to generate he smothers. Um, he yeah, he just smothers you, and you have absolutely you can't do anything, right? So um, whistle was a little weird on him, but. Um, we haven't talked about, you know, two of the, two of the other five starters, Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet, who Aiden, do you want to mention first? Well, we, can starters? Almost, we can almost mention both of them. Both, I mean, yeah. I just think that to me today, like resembled, uh, distinctive roles, like, like Freddie looked more like a point guard today. Than he ever has, and Scotty looked like the guy from last game as well. That's that we want him to be, which is again like this this other creator. Like he's not like he'll score in in his moments, and you know I would have liked to have seen him take more than five shots. But I love that he's just looking he's looking to excel at what he's best at, which is finding guys open at like crazy angles from crazy distances. And we need that so much. And I think that's why probably of late we are generating so many open shots is like I said earlier, we're just so much more willing to pass than we've ever been. I would be curious to know about like, first of all, I think there is correlation with how many games we win and how many assists we have. And second of all, I would be curious just generally about passing in a game. Like I feel like we're passing so much more and that's thanks to Freddie being a little bit less ball hoggy for lack of a better term, and Scotty really focusing in on being that playmaker that we we love to see from him. Yeah, and I know people will look at, you know, the bottom of the screen and think, how the hell do the Raptors allow the Charlotte Hornets to score 120? Aiden, I'm sure you can agree with me on this. They were hitting tough shots all yeah. night, and particularly Terry Rozier was hitting shots that, I mean, he it looked – and and forgive me for for my hyperbole here, but it really did look Jordan esque at times. Like we're talking a guy that was fading sideways. Yeah, that on baseline both elbows. Nuts. Yeah, the baseline one was was incredible. I mean, um, we saw Lamelo his finish at the rim at the end of the game. I mean, but that's just Lamelo at that point. We we think that's difficult from an NBA standard, but uh, you know, looking at it from a Lamelo criteria, that's right in his wheelhouse. So um, they're hitting tough shots all game and. The Raptors, I'm not really angry with them in terms of their defensive effort. They did look locked in in this game. They did only 
allow, you know, 26 points in the fourth quarter. And I know 26 people are going to go, well, that's not, you know, a great defensive effort. Well, considering it was 34 in the first, 32 in the second, and 28 in the third, um, it was nice to see the Raptors kind of bogged down defensively at the end of the game there. Um, that was good to see. Um, and yeah, then uh, on the defensive thing, sorry to draw, but no, no, I, the, the problems to me were, again, transition and transition like on scores. It's just like they get there. Like Charlotte had a lot of open looks in semi-transition. And and so the Raptors looked like just a little bit um, like lethargic or lackadaisical on the defensive end. And then the other part that was concerning to me was how Plumlee was kind of just eating up the inside. He was nine for 10. He had like five of those like weird reverse dunks. They're like no look. Another center having having a massive game versus the Raptors. What a surprise, right? And we're going to, that's going to happen having Scotty at the five, which I do like having him there. He's, he's struggled navigating the pick and roll and Plumlee's, Plumlee's a smart player and he's a strong athletic dude. Like he's, he's pretty limited in what he can do, but he is a positionally a smart player. So I think like, that's going to happen with Scotty running, playing at the center, but that's something they they need to continue to work on because you can't have Plumlee just, you know, having free dunks all, all game. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even take a look at that yet, but um, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked just because, because like what I said earlier, I'd love to see, um, you know, the statistic on what the Raptors are allowing in terms of percentages, especially at the rim for some of these centers um does worry me quite a bit but again this is one of those things where i'm sure masai ujiri and bobby webster are trying uh, any different way in terms of how to get this team a little bigger and a little stronger um and a little bit more effective from three-point land um in this game though you know when we and again all due respect to charlotte but when they have guys like jt thor coming off the bench right you have um I'm not sure which Martin brother. I get them mixed up all the time. I'm assuming. I think it's Cody because I think Caleb's on, on Miami. Yeah, you got Cody Martin who's like, you know, so hated within the Raptor, within the Raptors fan base um, because I think just naturally from what his brother does in Miami all the time, getting in scraps with OG Ananobi and Christian Coloco and all that stuff. Um, it's hilarious. And then, you know, some of the other guys coming off the bench, Dennis Smith Jr. Like we're talking about a team that we can finally say – the Raptors may have a better bench than the opposing team that they're going up against, which is which is a great, great thing to say. Um, in terms of a starting five, I know they did have uh, – the Charlotte Hornets did have some guys out. I think Gordon Hayward uh, wasn't active in, in, in this game, and I don't think he'll be there for the next game either um, with a few guys sitting as well. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a long-term thing as well. I would have loved, Aiden, to see – No Kelly Oubre. Uh, no Kelly Oubre as well, who's actually having a career year. In Charlotte, surprise, surprise, with an 11-win team. Apparently the Raptors um, were sniffing around for Ubre at one point. Yeah, I mean, sure. I I personally wouldn't like it, but... Um, I think him I and think Gary would get along real well. Yeah, I mean, the fashion would be absolutely crazy. Um, whoever's taking those pictures of the runway shots, I mean, would have an absolute ball with those two. But um, I think it's a little bit of a coincidence, uh, wink, wink, that he's having a career year on an 11 win team, Kelly Oubre. Not taking anything away from him, but I don't know. I don't know exactly what the Raptors need. In a game like this, uh, Aiden, sometimes we talk about the guys who didn't get a chance to play. Were you shocked that uh, Thad Young 
was a DNP in a game like this, Ken Birch, um, and some of the other guys. Just because the Raptors did have quite a comfy lead at points in this game. I think his name is Wieskamp. I don't want to, you know, mess up the pronunciation. Is it? Yeah. How do you say it, Aiden? I don't know. Wieskamp? Wieskamp. We'll get it right. We'll get it right. Back in old Germany, it was Weiskamp or something. Weiskamp. Exactly. Um, Um, Were you you shocked to see some of those guys not play? No, because I think, like I was saying earlier, I think Nurse has decided to – Oh yeah, oh yeah. In the I don't know if you saw that, but they they said Vice Wees Camp was 33 years old, and like they they zoom in on him, he's like completely baby faced, and in the box, yeah, 33, pretty funny. Um, but I'm not surprised because I think coaching staff has decided we need to have a consistent like rotation, and yeah. Thad is out of that rotation right now. Um, because they are what they're doing is they're doing Gary plus the four or Gary and Scotty plus the three. And those are your playmaking guys. I think Thaddeus is kind of the odd man out in, in for that, especially with pressures back. Yeah. And when all these guys are healthy, Aiden, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm okay with that. Um, I think we're both fans of Thaddeus young, but at the end of the day, if there's one guy who you're going to take out of the rotation, I feel like Malachi Flynn's kind of, especially after a game like this, I know people are going to look at the box score, like we said earlier, and say, one for seven, get him out, doesn't deserve to be in the rotation. But Malachi's one of those guys that I think Nick Nurse is going to draw positives from if he continuously plays him. And he, I feel like he's yeah. a confidence player. There's some guys like that. Scotty Barnes, who's um, one of the core guys for the Raptors, I believe is also a confidence player. These are guys that you know, really rely on their coaching staff to instill that within them and, and to get constant looks and opportunities. So I think it's important for Malachi Flynn um, to continuously play. And if that comes at the expense of a guy like Dad Young or the newly signed 10-day contract, Joe Wieskamp, or uh, Ken Birch, who's, you know, struggled with injury, it feels like, since his time started with the Raptors, um, I'm okay with it. Like I said, I'm totally okay with it. Um, Aiden, we talked about the bench. We talked about the starters. Um, this, I don't know, for me, I don't think this is going to be a super long post-game show for people to kind of cheer and, and shout and go crazy for, um, considering everything we mentioned. Um, do you want to talk about what we have upcoming for the Raptors um, in terms of games beyond the Charlotte Hornets uh, Thursday nighter? I believe after that, I'm looking at the schedule now. Uh, so they got Charlotte on Thursday night. They have the Atlanta Hawks a couple days after that. Saturday night, they've got uh, a matinee, strangely enough, on a Monday, which is a little weird, uh, the Knicks. So you got the Hornets, Hawks, and Knicks for your next three games. And then it gets difficult. You got the Bucks, T-Wolves, Celtics, Knicks, Kings, Warriors, Blazers. Sounds like it gets super Oof. difficult after that. So... Um, what are your thoughts? I guess we can say on the, on the next three to five games, the Hornets, Hawks, Knicks, Bucks, um, and the Wolves over the next week or so. I I think that's four and one. Like the Bucks are going to come back and smash us, I have a feeling. Um, but I think the other four, this is like the pivotal moment in the season, really. Uh, like after this, it's kind of one way or another. I feel like management has to make a decision. And the Knicks and the Hawks are kind of like our compatriots in this playoff race. Charlotte's a must win. Minnesota is a team that we should beat as well. So I think like this is kind of, 
this is the moment for this team, and I think they know it, and they're surging at the right time. Um, so I'm confident, and I said on an earlier podcast, like I'm not ready to kind of make a decision on which direction the Raptors should go until they get through the Charlotte games and the Hawks game. And then we'll kind of know. And if they sweep Charlotte, then like I I feel a lot more confident that moving I mean it's just Charlotte, but like you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so you know, um I I am optimistic like the last two games have kind of demonstrated there is a, a a path to go, but as we've been saying this whole podcast, very cautiously so. Yeah. Um I feel like reserved optimism. I'm just going to keep saying it because I feel like every Raptor needs to hear that we're all going to have some reserved optimism. The Hornets game for me on Thursday night is, is almost like a momentum game that you need before you face the Hawks in the Knicks, um, which is important because the next two games, the Hornets and the Hawks are both at Scotiabank Arena at home for the Raptors. So you really, really need to win those because uh, I think even if you go one and one, uh, versus the Hornets and the Hawks, I see that as as a damn near disaster for the Raptors. Um, the Knicks, I would expect the Raptors to defeat as well. That's for me. That's a little iffy because the Knicks have given the Raptors trouble at this at some points in the season already. The Bucks, I feel like, is just a throwaway game. The Raptors are nowhere near that level. Um, I mean, at that point, if you look competitive versus the Bucks, I think that's a positive. They looked competitive the last time they played them. They just couldn't inch it out. Because of, uh, you know, the one and only Grayson Allen. Um, and then going even further, the Timberwolves Celtics, it gets really, really tough. So yeah, uh, I think myself and Aiden would both say that you need these next three or four games to be your momentum games um, before you get into that tough stretch. And the Raptors start um, the Western Conference road trip at the end of January. So um, I think, Aiden, that's going to wrap it up for us, right? We're going to do the Can-Man. Can-Am. Oh, can am taxman. The can am taxman. The can man. Um, I'm looking at the box score really quickly. Uh, Aiden, uh, who are you gonna go with? Because again, this is this is damn near became the not Pascal Siakam award. So, um, we have a couple guys that we can choose. Actually, I think three or four if we really Honestly, go deep enough. I'm gonna give it to Scotty. I know, like, really. Yeah, I mean, I just think this is the the Scotty that I really love to see. Like, he was really – he was working hard at both ends. He had seven assists, zero turnovers, zero fouls. Um, and, you know, he only took five shots. So be it. Whatever. He That's generated okay. a whole lot of offense, though, right? He did. And, and he, he played his role. He played exactly – how we need him at, at a, in a measured way, right? Like there's going to be times where we need more of him. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think OG probably deserves it, but I like to be different. And I, I'm going to shout out Scotty for this one. OG deserves a look. Uh, Precious Achua, I know, deserves a look as well. I think those three guys are the, are the guys that we're looking at the most. And I'm sorry to all the Pascal Siakam fans out there. Guys, you probably won't find bigger Pascal Siakam fans than myself and Aiden. Um, and uh, we he's just spent he's hallowed ground. We, we, I mean, if you were with us last season, we spent almost the entire season giving him this award, um, to the point where we were like, okay, you know what? I think some other Raptors deserve this now. A uh, special shout out to Chris Boucher as well. He played great off the bench. Yeah. The Raptors are going to need consistent bench performances if they want to stand a chance 
at um, you know sneaking into that playoff race. I know it sounds very weird, and I know it sounds you know 20, 30 games ago. You know, if I told you the Raptors would be sitting in what the tenth, eleventh seed in the Eastern Conference, I can check right now just to make sure. Eleventh uh, seed, sitting two and a half games behind eighth. You guys would think I was crazy. I projected them before the season to started to be in the fourth, fifth seed, uh, just around that range. Uh, we'll see though. The season is not over. Uh, as you guys all know, we are eternal optimists on the wrap up show. But that is going to end it for us tonight. And please, guys, before you leave, like the broadcast. I know it doesn't do a lot uh, for you guys. It doesn't take a lot, I should say, just the press of a button. But for us, it does help us with the YouTube algorithm. Um, and like I said earlier, subscribe if you haven't already to Raptors Republic YouTube or our podcast channel, The Wrap Up. Um, that will do it for us. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors defeated the Charlotte Hornets 132 to 120, bringing the Raptors record to 18 and 23 on the NBA season. The live show was produced by Kian Haddad, and this was it from your two co-hosts, Sahal Abdi and Aiden Moss. We'll see you guys Thursday night versus the lowly, lowly Charlotte Hornets. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye.